Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 97. We don't have a sponsor this month. We are going to have a really great giveaway. It's going to be coming out here in about a week or two. Actually, I'll just go ahead and tell you what it is. It's the complete Nine Mark series on building healthy churches, the, those little books, the different color books, and you're going to love that. So be on the lookout for that. But I figured I'd be my own sponsor for the month and just kind of tell you what, what we have going on and ask you to take advantage of some of the resources. Uh, recently, we've appointed Mason Scroggins to be the editor of the articles, both for pastors and pastors' wives. So there's going to be more articles that are coming out, and if you're more of a, a reader than a listener, then you can you know be on the lookout for those, those uh, articles that are going to be on the website, and we'll be sharing those via social media. So you can check those out and hopefully benefit from reading those and your wives as well. Uh, you know, second, secondly, if you need me to come and help you in any way, I would love to come and help your elders, your church board, any transitions that you're going through as a church. I would love to be able to be a resource for you just to help. Uh, you can bring me out or bring some of the guys on the team out to help. If you want a men's conference, if you're doing a men's conference or a pastor's retreat, you know, an elders retreat or something like that, and you want me to come speak at that, I would be really happy to come and do that, hang out with your team and talk pastoral ministry and talk about life. And really what I would love to be able to do is just talk about the five callings of a pastor and the seven pastoral priorities or biblical manhood as a pastor or just speak to your men. So, I mean, if you need help in any way, uh, I would love to be able to do that. Think about it. Maybe I can be a resource to you or maybe some team members from the Shepherd's Crook could be a resource for your church. And so if you need anything, just reach out. I would love to be able to do that. If you just need a conversation and don't feel like you have anybody to talk to, well, then you can call me as well. I would love to set up coaching sessions or just some just some basic counseling sessions where we just talk through the Bible. I'm not a professional counselor. Uh, I did work in biblical counseling for, for a while, but I would just love to listen and pray for you. If you need anything, please reach out. Okay, now to the episode. A couple months ago, I asked a question. I don't know, maybe a month ago, actually. Now, I asked a question on our Facebook page. Uh, anybody got any? Anybody got any ideas for podcast uh, episodes? Do you have any questions? What topics would you like me to do in an episode? And I got a great question from a good buddy, and here's what it was: Pastoral transitions, conflict resolution with an unbiblical church polity, such as coming into a church with a church council of people who are unqualified for leadership. How to shepherd those who are radically different than the pastor? What do you do when you're just not connecting? And then he said, that should be enough for now. <laughs> Great question. Uh, this is a buddy, but just to keep his name anonymous, I know that he did just accept a new position at church and that the people at the church could hear this and think, oh, well, I wonder if he was thinking about us. This was before the <laughs> transition to the new church. But you've probably been there before in a situation where you're working with people in your church and you come, it's like a collision course, and you realize that you're seeing things radically different than the people that are across the table from you. And you're sipping on your bad coffee with your with your uh, your deacon board or whoever it is, and you're dealing with a sin situation in the, the worship team, and the worship pastor just does not want to address the situation. Or you're dealing with a, a conflict within the leadership board itself, and you're coming at this from different angles. One side of the room is coming at it from a strictly pragmatic side and doesn't want to hurt the feelings of the person who's walking in sin. Uh, and the other 
side of the table you're sitting on and you're having to open a Bible to Matthew 18 and you don't understand how this, uh, this conversation is going this way when you both believe in the authority of the scriptures. And the real issue is in situations like this, more times than not, you have people who don't actually believe in the authority of the scriptures. Now, I want to be careful here because it's been quite popular in the last, I don't know, maybe 20 to 30 years of cool church to call legalistic Christians Pharisees. You might have even done this. I mean, I know I have. Anybody that's kind of like the stick in the mud person, it's just easy to call them a Pharisee. But I want to caution against that kind of heart motive or that kind of that kind of heart issue and ask you to question that kind of thing if if that's been you before or in the past. Because if we're dealing with Christian brothers and sisters, then they're by definition not Pharisees. And we need to make a distinction. That's the first thing we need to do in these conflicts and and the difficult pastoral transitions. We we need to make sure and make a distinction whether or not we're talking about sheep or goats. The people who are on the other side of the table, are they brothers and sisters? that are just simply legalistic or misguided on their understanding of the scriptures, or are they wolves in sheep's clothing? Like that, We really need to make that distinction because I had a good friend of mine one time that said, man, you can't pastor goats, and that, that quote-unquote church is full of goats. You, you don't want to go there because there's not enough sheep. And it was a really good word of caution. It was a, just a snake pit. It was just not healthy. So the first thing you have to do in situations of conflict is determine with the help of the Holy Spirit and ultimately with the scriptures, what's the fruit of this person? Is this person a believer in Christ? Or are they simply wanting to cause problems? Because if, if that's the issue, then you're talking about a whole different you know, issue. And there, sadly, are people all over that have a title deacon in churches, in Southern Baptist churches all over this country, that are not even Christians. They're not even regenerate. The fruit that comes out of them is, is the, act, the exact opposite of the fruit of the Spirit. So you have to make a determination. Is this a Christian or not? And if it's a non-Christian person sitting on the deacon board, I, I don't know of any winsome way to address that situation. It's just going to be ugly. Because you're going to have to make a judgment call. You're going to have to sit in, in, in meetings with this person, and you're going to just have to make a call. I'm sorry, you can't be a deacon anymore. And you may lose your job over it. There's a lot of these conflicts going to require, it's not going to require the long view. It's going to require immediate action. And in some some conflicts, immediate action is going to end up with you having to look for a position elsewhere. But if this person is a Christian, and you're talking about a Christian brother, or in, for instance, if there's two Christian sisters that are conflict in the church, and there's a, there's action that needs to be taken, then it's very difficult to make the appropriate steps if there isn't an agreement within the church about the authority, the inerrancy, and the authority, and the, the sufficiency of Scripture. And so, what I would recommend doing in church settings where there's massive chasms between how we approach the Scriptures is adopt the long view. You have to adopt the long view. And in this long view, as you're looking 10 years down the road, if you're going to get to a place in 10 years where you can address situations in a more biblical manner and have that approach be accepted by the majority of the church, then in this long view, you have got to do some serious work in places like 2 Timothy chapter 3 and 4. You have to create a culture in this long view of belief that all scripture is actually breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. If the church can't agree with that, that the Bible is the authority, that God's word is the word of the matter, then you cannot do hardly anything. Pragmatism will rule the day, and it's going to be the pragmatism of the loudest, most obnoxious voice who nobody wants to address. 
that's going to dominate the culture of the church. And so if you can adopt a long view and see what this could be, what God may do here, then you can start to do the hard work of catechizing your people with the truth that the scriptures are the authority. And this is going to require week in, week out, preaching authoritatively from the word, saying things like, God has spoken, we can hear him, you're never left without a word, the scriptures are our authority, whatever God says, that's what we go with, and continually doing that week in and week out, and discipling with the scriptures. I would encourage you in this long view, to avoid book studies. Book studies can be really good, but I would at first go directly to the scriptures and let's just study what God has to say and continually go back there and continually say things in those studies, in your discipleship meetings, that this is authoritative here. It doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter what we feel. What does God have to say? Because the modus operandi in a church that doesn't believe functionally in the authority of the word is the authority of what I think and what, what I feel. And you've just got to take the hammer to that every single time and every single chance you get. What I think and what I feel has to bow down to what God says. What I think and what I feel goes to die as it bows down to what God says. That's what we got to do in this long view. And so if you can commit to that, if you can be patient and continually lead God's people into trusting God's word, then you can, if you can keep that long view in mind, you can stay sane and by God's grace, do what you're called to do as a man, and as a pastor in that congregation. If you have more goats than sheep, then it's going to require immediate action and you're probably going to lose your job. So in that case, I would encourage you to start sending resumes out. Um, but if it's the, it's the former, then plant your feet in the ground and do the long, hard work of building a culture of believing God's word. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.